This morning's scripture is from 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. One of the things that it's kind of Captain Obvious to point out, and that is the fact that a lot that felt really, really normal literally weeks ago, feels very, very different now. And one of those things, undoubtedly for many, maybe many in this room, many who are watching, is church. And I thought this would be a really, really important time for us to take a look in God's Word about what church really is. And so that's kind of the focus of our sermon series. I've, I've wanted us to look at answering some questions and really thinking through some key things. One of those questions is like, why? Why do you attend? Why do you attend church? Why do you watch online? Why would this be a priority to you? Another question would be kind of more at the heart of it. What is, what is church? What is it? Who are we? It, what exactly is a church? I, I think we could probably have a lot of different ideas. We could maybe think of a location or a name or a denomination, but what is it? And that really has been the desire, and I'm grateful that you're here kind of working through that question. I'm grateful that you're watching, working through that question, but this is the umbrella of the series, and that is who we are who we are. We're, we're diving into that. And, and when we're asking, like, who are we as the people of God, one of the things I think we need to make sure we are doing is going to God first, having Him have the first word in this. He's going to tell us who we are. Who we are is defined by Him. We want to take a long look at what He says, what He's done, who He is, why He made things, why He made them the way He made them then you can move on to that, to, uh, to other things, right? When, when we figure out our relationship with God, then that also has an impact on our relationship with each other. And so that's what we've been doing. That's what we have done. When we understand and appreciate our relationship with God, we understand how we should relate to each other. So what does God have to say about who we are? So even Rob and Donna alluded to it, we are looking at word pictures, word pictures like we are last week a, a flock with a good shepherd, a good shepherd that has laid down his life for the sheep, sacrificially loved us, came for us, came to us, to care about us. We are a flock. He, 
He's the one, he's the good shepherd who died for the sheep and then brings those sheep that he died for together and makes us a flock. That's who we are. We are a flock with the good shepherd. But we're going to hold that picture in our mind and we're going to go to the next image and, and think through that. It, in reading and even hearing Mike read again 2 Corinthians 5, there's just so much there that I'd love to spend a while kind of concentrating on. There's much more than we'll even come close to approaching today. But I, I want two words to be in our mind from 2 Corinthians 5. The word reconciliation. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our time looking at reconciliation and then ambassador. What it means to, to be reconciled and what it means to be an ambassador. Reconciliation and ambassador. And before we're done, I want to see how we answer two questions. One of those is, am I enjoying reconciliation? And the second is, Am I an intentional ambassador? So how about that first question? Am I enjoying reconciliation? The passage actually talks a lot about reconciliation. If you have your Bibles open, your screens on, you, you will see that again and again, I think there's five times in three verses in this passage that Paul talks about reconciliation, and that's just a small sampling of all the New Testament where reconciliation, being reconciled, comes up again and again and again. So what is reconciliation? Someone has given this description of it. I'm not sure it's a like airtight definition, but it's a helpful description. It says this, reconciliation involves the restoration of friendly relationships after estrangement. I think it's a good one. I think it's a good definition. Reconciliation involves the restoration of friendly relations after, after there had been estrangement. So all you have to do is take just a little baby step in the Bible. All you, all you have to do is like go to Genesis 3 and Genesis 4, and you get the estrangement really quickly. Estrangement from God as Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. Uh, why are all humans from that time on, why are we estranged? It's because we are sinners. We've messed it up. God is love, and yet we've treated God's love like we could care less, like we got other things to think about. Why are we estranged from God? Because God is king and God is creator. And you know the story there, right? We have rebelled against that rule. We, we didn't want that rule over us. We'll do things our own way. We don't need a God telling us what to do, or so we thought. So we're sideways. We've become estranged from God. And something I believe in our hearts signals like, you're not okay with God. I think it actually signals in every human heart, something tells us we're not okay, we are distant, we are estranged. And because of that, I mean, we can handle that a few ways, and we do handle it a few ways. One of the ways we might handle that is we might pretend. We, we do that, right? We pretend like, yeah, I think I'm all right with God. And that never works. So maybe then we justify our own sin. We go, well, if you knew what I, I'm just doing the best, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay, I, I shouldn't be held to what I, you know, we, we go down the path of justification, saying, well, it really wasn't that bad, I really haven't messed up that much, or we compare, and when we compare, you know what we do? We always play the game of my best against your worst, and I always win that game, right? You always win that game. When you put your best against someone else's worst, we say, well, at least I'm not that bad, at least I don't do that. Or we tell ourselves a story of like, it'll be all, it's all okay. God's like totally, he's fine with all that. It's, it's just, you know, who I, he understands and 
Yet there's something, I believe there's something deep in our hearts that tells us we're not okay with God. Something's got to be done about what we've done. Frankly, if we're honest, what we're doing, what we will do, and maybe more fundamentally who we are, something has got to be done about our estrangement from God. So what, what, what can we do there? When we read 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about reconciliation as having happened. God reconciled us. So how is that reconciliation accomplished? So look at verse 18 there, where it says, all this, all this reconciliation, all this becoming a new, new creation, everything passing away, things becoming new, that came from God who through Christ reconciled us. So who is acting there? God is through Christ reconciling us. Notice verse 19, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself. In verse 18, God reconciled us. In verse 19, God reconciled like globally the world. So who's the actor in that? God is the one doing that. God the Father and God the Son are working in perfect harmony. This happened in Christ, through Christ, for you and I to be reconciled. That's the way Scripture talks about it. And it had to start with God. Reconciliation is initiated by God. All this is from God. It's not as if, it's not as if one day, maybe back in 2012, God saw you just working your little heart out, trying your best to reconcile, and you kind of look up and go, I need some help here, God. I'm trying to do my part. Now can you? That's not the way it worked at all. God came to us to reconcile us. God initiated that action, which is so different than most any other religion or worldview you'll ever come into contact with, because most of them say, actually, the initiative to reconcile with God, whoever he may be, whoever it may be, you got to take the initiative. You've got to do some things. You've got to show you really mean it. That's the message of almost every religion I know. We think we could kind of make our own way to God, figure out a way to make God happy. So what, what do you do? You make a bunch of promises you'll probably never keep. You go on some sort of cleanse. You stop a, stop a habit, start a habit. What do you do? Do you make a pilgrimage? Do you like show God you're really serious this time? Is that how you reconcile? That's not what Scripture says. What Scripture says is that God took the initiative because your efforts and my efforts would never work. They wouldn't even get us, they wouldn't even get us halfway there. They wouldn't give it, get us an eighth of the way there. They're not going to do it. God had to come to us. Reconciliation is initiated by God, but I just want to make sure we understand also that reconciliation from God recognizes us at our worst, not at our best, which is so important because if it was just at our best, well, that might mean some things. Maybe God saw us on a good day and Curtis was behaving and he chose, us to, recon chose to reconcile me then, but that's not, that's not the way this passage talks about it. There's times where, imagine this, and, and we've probably all been there, where you weren't getting along with someone, there was something said, someone got offended by something, something was misunderstood or, 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 or whatever. And, and you go, oh, you thought I said this. Well, I didn't, I, I understand how you heard that. It's all a big misunderstanding. I, I never meant to imply that. I actually was meaning to say this and you must have heard, because I, I really was trying to, oh, it's all one big misunderstanding. But when we come to God, and our sin, 
there is no misunderstanding. God sees it all clearly, which is why in verse 19, it does say that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, not counting our trespasses. So God knew full well, here's the line, no trespassing, and we crossed it. It's not our best, it's our worst. We told God, I'm going to do things my own way, not your way. And even in that, he decides not to count those against us. And verse 21 even explains it more. For our sake, God made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, a payment for sin, an offering for sin, to take sin upon himself, the one who knew no sin, the one who never sinned, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He doesn't count trespasses, and there were many against us that he could have counted. He doesn't take our sin, although he could have. God doesn't deal with us at the best version of ourselves that we like to project. He deals with us with the things we never want posted about. Oh, yeah, you did this on Tuesday, and you did this on Thursday. Oh, this wasn't one of your finer moments. He knows exactly where those were. And by the way, just one more layer on this reconciliation, and that is reconciliation doesn't require my works to earn it. As a matter of fact, the way it's talked about in 2 Corinthians 5 is it's a gift. It's a gift, which is a very different kind of thing than something we work for. We don't have to have a mindset of like, well, you know, I'm going to try my best to make sure I earn this and I don't do anything stupid to lose it, because that would be the worst. That's a very different mindset. Reconciliation has been given to us as a gift from God. When you earn it, even when you earn a little bit, there's a spirit I know in my heart, of like, well, I deserve it. I'm entitled to it because I earned it. I worked for it. And Scripture just kind of cuts the legs out of that and says, that's not the way you're going to be reconciled to God. It will not be because you earned it. It will not be because I earned it. So that's reconciliation, God's initiative at your worst as a gift to you. That's reconciliation. So my question at the beginning was, are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying reconciliation? I guess even kind of a preceding that question would be, have you experienced it? So that would probably be where we've got to kind of walk in the front door of that. Have you, have you ever experienced what I'm talking about? So to enjoy it, you would have to experience it. And firsthand, what was that like for that for you, what was it like when you knew, when you knew that God had said to you, just like in verse 20, be reconciled to God, and you knew for, for that moment, it's possible that I'm not estranged from God any longer. He's invited me close. What was that like for you when you heard the call to believe and to submit and to obey and to turn and to entrust your life to Jesus Christ? What was that like have you experienced that? Well, once you've experienced it, you are meant not just to experience it and go, yeah, I remember when I was a fifth grader. You know, it's actually meant for you to enjoy, enjoy the rest of actually eternity, that you would be able to enjoy this. To enjoy it means you understand God is so far beyond just deciding you had a perspective and God had a perspective and you just agreed to disagree. That's not reconciliation. Enjoying it means it goes so far from just like, 
you know, you kind of saw things differently and you kind of gone your own separate ways and God's not going to bother you and you're not going to bother God and see, it's a, it's a, this is not what Scripture's talking about. And I loved even a moment ago as Chris was leading it. We were singing, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. Now that's reconciliation. The one has brought, brought us into a friendship. Do you enjoy it? Most of the time when you enjoy it, it's not hard for other people to tell. Like when I really like some food, it's not that hard to tell that I really like some food. When I really like what I'm watching, it's not that hard. Or what I'm reading, it's not that hard. I'm, I'm probably going to talk about it. People around me are probably going to know about it. My facial, my countenance, like my life is going to show I really, really like what's going on in my life right now. And so the question is, are you enjoying reconciliation? It's like your life giving off that sort of, of understanding. Like I cannot get over the fact that God in his love could have left me estranged, but actually came to me to love me. When we experience reconciliation and we begin to enjoy all the effects, we, we know we have a father who doesn't just tolerate us. So like, oh, here, here's Curtis again. He's like asking for more stuff. It's a God who I know welcomes me because he said, ask, seek, and knock. And do that in Jesus' name. And by the way, Jesus loves you and he's the one telling you to ask, seek, and knock. Do we, do we feel that? Do you understand how that is different when you enjoy being reconciled, when you enjoy knowing Jesus came to my rescue again because here I am, despite having walked with him for years and years, I still find myself struggling with the flesh, struggling with sin, and yet again, in 2020, Jesus comes to my rescue again. Do you enjoy it? There's no need to be self-conscious about the past when you know you've been reconciled because he's dealt with it. He already knows. There's, no, there's nothing that's going to be revealed that he didn't know already. Do you know what it's like to enjoy that reconciliation? It isn't ever going to be as if things are like, you know, never quite right. And you've had that, and I've had that, where you got into an argument with someone, and like you tried to mend fences, and you kind of, everybody said what they needed to say, and it never felt quite right. You always felt like you're on a hair trigger because you're going to say something, and so-and-so is going to get mad, and then it's not going to go good. And it's never really like really reconciled. Well, all of that from a human perspective is understandable. But I'm just asking you not to import all of that on your relationship with God. Because when he reconciles, it is complete. It is complete. I think I could live, and I'm pretty sure I have lived weeks, months, I don't know, maybe even years sometimes, not enjoying it like I should. So some way I could just like shake us all and go, you know, we're meant to enjoy this. We're meant to like sing about this. We're meant to talk about this. And, and by the way, I think that's how we get from reconciliation to being an ambassador. I think they go together because when you have enjoyed being reconciled, we are going to talk about it. So, so can we think about this idea of being an ambassador? We not only have received reconciliation, but we actually promote it as well. As a matter of fact, when you go to verse 18, it says, yeah, we've, all this has come from God who reconciled us, but he also gave us the ministry or the service of reconciliation. So he gave not just, and this is where it's like corporately speaking to us, not just Curtis, but all of us. He gave us 
a ministry, a service. So one way we will serve him is through this whole matter of reconciliation. God gave it to us. He gave us this gift. And look at verse 19. It says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. He wasn't counting their trespasses against them, but he was entrusting to us. So not only are we ministers of reconciliation, but now we've been entrusted with it. We're stewards, we're trustees of this message or this word of reconciliation. God didn't entrust this message of reconciliation like he didn't entrust it to a museum somewhere in Palestine so that everybody wouldn't like get or get a wrong impression. He entrusted it to human beings that are going to mess up, human beings that are flawed, human beings that are spiritually wobbly at some times. That's who he entrusted this message with. That's the trustees. That's the one who carry the message. It's not in some airtight case. It's in, on display in our lives, we have the message. And finally, in verse 20, we get it like straight up there. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God makes his appeal through us. God has an urgent appeal, and he says it's going to go through you. You're an ambassador. And here's where this lands for us. Here's the question. Am I an intentional ambassador? That's the question. And Donna and Rob did such a good job in helping us appreciate what, a, what the ambassador doesn't do, doesn't change, doesn't chuck the message, doesn't cheapen the message. We, we understand that, but just a quick kind of flyover on what an ambassador is. An ambassador, they're sent out with some authority, some commission. They represent someone else. They don't just like, well, I'll tell you what I think. That's not what the ambassador does. They're sent out with authority, and depending on what authority sends them, whether it's a state, a kingdom, a king, a, a queen, a president, a prime minister, they're going to be listened to based on where they come from. And sometimes they go into a world that doesn't really receive them well, doesn't receive their message that well, isn't in alignment with their home country, where they go to be an ambassador to a, a host country. But ambassadors are told to bring a message from their authority they don't have authority to change it. They don't have authority to improve it. So we are ambassadors. We've get, been given a message. God has said, this is reality. Now share that with the host country. This is what's true in the world. This is needed to be, people need to hear this. Go, go share it. This is good news for those who will listen. Ambassadors, we as ambassadors have a message of reconciliation. By the way, that we've got to be so clear on that. What we don't have is a product. So the church doesn't have a product we're trying to market or sell. But we have a message from the king. And if we really are ministers, we serve by giving that message. If we really are trustees, our lives are a stewardship of that message. And here's our message originates from a different place. And a different time. The different place is heaven the throne of God, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, that's, that's our home. And we're bringing a message to this world saying, our king has a message. And said, he has reconciled the world. We come from a different place. We come from a different time in some ways because the time is like the future where God is going to set this world to rights. It will be ordered the way he wants, wants it. And we're actually kind of a voice from the future saying, there's coming a day where we all will have to deal with God. 
But today is the day of salvation where you can be reconciled. We're ambassadors. We promote the message of reconciliation. But here's the interesting part. We do it together. We are ambassadors. And so it's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just the pastoral staff. It's we. We, the church, are ambassadors. And at our best, we are As ambassadors living together, we are just living out the values of another world. We're putting them on display. We're a group of people infused with this message of reconciliation. We just want people to know. We want people to know about it. At our core is a deep allegiance to another kingdom, the kingdom of God. At, At our core is an allegiance to another message, and that's the message that God has reconciled this world through Christ. And that means everything. We know what it's like to live under that rule. So COVID can adjust lots of things in your world. It does not adjust the message that you've been given as an ambassador. We're actually, as we live this role of being ambassadors together, we're a lot like an embassy. Church is a lot like an embassy. We're a group of ambassadors together representing our king and his message. So the question is, will you be an intentional ambassador? Because 2 Corinthians 5 says you are an ambassador. But too often I'm a distracted ambassador. Because I look around at the world that I'm living in, and I'm so focused on this thing, the, the worst news ever, the best news ever, and I can get so distracted by a news feed, I forget, wait a minute, I've got a message, I'm an ambassador. Or there are things that seem very, very appealing about this world and I can get distracted. There's this gossip, there's this entertainment, there's this thing, there's that thing. Oh, before, before the end of the day, I could be absorbed by a thousand trivial things and forget I am an ambassador. What if you're so absorbed with things in this world that you don't represent things from that world really well? So if you did not know, you have a job description if you are a Christian as an ambassador. So what is that going to mean for you? Because frankly, this service is going to be over in minutes and you're going to walk out those doors and Lord willing, we'll be gathered in here next week. But what happens now? What happens as we are ambassadors? What happens when we are sent out as authority? And and as I was trying to just kind of jot some things down of what would it mean if I really took this to heart? What would it take for me? What would it take for all of us to actually live out being an ambassador of this message of reconciliation? Well, let me just tell you a couple things I jotted down. One thing I think it's going to take for you to be an ambassador, for me to be an ambassador, is we're going to have to take fresh looks again and again at this, at this message of reconciliation. We're going to have to let that work on our hearts. We're going to have to recognize that we're called to represent a message, and we better know this inside and out. And you say, well, Curtis, I've been going to church for years, and that may be a challenge for you to deeply appreciate how amazing this reconciliation is, because it has nothing to do with the the amount of church attendance you've logged. It has everything to do with whether you realize God in His mercy has, has come to you and has made you, instead of a stranger, He's made you a friend. So I can think of a few things better than like, maybe it's a song, or maybe it's some scripture verses, or maybe it's a book that draws your heart to go, I will remember this. This will like shape my life. I'll be more impressed by this than anything else in my world. So that's one, taking fresh looks at 
reconciliation. And another would be simply praying in the morning, asking the Lord to direct our path, to order our steps so that we could bring this message of reconciliation to some setting. Don't you think the Lord would love to answer that prayer? If you pray, Lord, let me bring your message. I'm an ambassador. I've got a job to do. Would you help me do this job? Don't you think he would love to open doors for you to do that this afternoon, tomorrow morning, maybe Wednesday? Don't you think he would love to do that for you? So maybe you start your mornings, even if you're not a morning person. He still will hear your prayers. You know that, right? He still would answer that prayer. Lord, help me. Show me the one person. Show me the one relationship. Show me where I might be uniquely placed, where Curtis could never give a message of reconciliation. And the most spiritual person I've ever thought about could never give that message. And, and all the people that I think are so good at it at church, they could never do it, but you've placed me here with this person in this setting. Maybe you start your day with prayer and then you just keep your eyes up during the day. I think about that because I remember being at a cross-country meet a few years ago and it was kind of, I was probably about a mile and a half, two miles in, it's a three-mile race. And I remember a person getting tired at the two mile and I heard a coach just hollering again and again, eyes up, eyes up, eyes up, because the runner was just kind of growing tired of it all. And I think the coach was wanting to say, there's a finish line and you're going to see it, but you got to keep your eyes up. And I want to say to us, this is not the time to get distracted or to get weary. Eyes up. Who has God placed in our lives? Could there be another human being? He crosses my path this afternoon. Could it be someone within my family setting in which maybe even through my prayer at lunch, I'll be a messenger, an ambassador of reconciliation. Maybe it's other Christians that I could talk or text or write or somewhere this week, I'm going to bring a message of, you do know we've been reconciled to God. Let's pray about that. Maybe I'll be that messenger, that ambassador, or maybe there's an area of brokenness where, frankly, lots of people seem very estranged. They seem far from God. And here it is. Here it is. The Lord has orchestrated all the circumstances for in that moment, you to be the ambassador. If you follow Jesus, you're commissioned. You are his authorized representative. Who are we as a church? We are ambassadors with a message. And that's probably the right time for us to ask the Lord's help to deliver that message well. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would be more impressed with the fact that we're reconciled than we've been in a long, long time, where that has become just not a, not a thought of ours because we may have been so absorbed in a crazy world that we don't understand. I pray that you'll deepen that message and its impact on our hearts so that then we can be your ambassadors, ready to deliver a message. What we know, Lord, is that this world needs it. Delaware needs it. Our neighbors, our family, our friends need it. So Lord, thank you for commissioning us. And I pray that that would just linger on us all throughout the week. Thank you for making this an embassy, one of your embassies, an outpost, where we just recognize Jesus Christ rules and reigns. Lord, send us out with power and your authority. We ask this 
in Christ's name.